again with another episode for my God in You podcast and my YouTube channel. In this episode, what I'm going to do is actually share some really interesting knowledge concerning the biblical topic or concept of faith and its most important form and its connection to what Ephesians 4 verses 13 through 15 refer to as the unity of faith and a full-grown or perfect man to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. So in doing this, I want to begin by introducing you to the reality is that of when you study the biblical concept of faith, what you'll find is that the, the concept or the topic of faith is really uh, written or discussed or referred to in five different ways in the Bible. And these five ways can be found in the Appendix B of the uh, my third book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed. In the end of that book, I actually give you all of these five, and I give you numerous scriptural um, references to examples of each one of them. Now, some of them uh, actually mingle with one another, but when you categorize them, you'll see that the five are, number one is a personal belief or a mental acceptance and acknowledgement or acknowledgement of God's existence in your life. This is what I refer to as the portal or the entry point of believing in God. This is when you begin to get indoctrinated by the fact that there is a God on this earth and that his spirit resides within you and things of that nature. So there's a bunch of examples and I'm not going to go through them in, in, um, in detail. So if those of you who are watching this on the YouTube channel, of course, you have all the examples on the slide. For those of you listening to this on my God and You podcast, I'll post, of course, as always, the link to the uh, YouTube video episode so that you can see these for yourself if you want to get where, where they're all found within the scriptures. The second one is a conduct or a work inspired by complete surrender to this mental acceptance. In other words, once you now begin to believe in God, you begin to conduct and do things based off of you acknowledging and believing that there is a God. And of course, again, numerous scriptural references of examples of this on the slide and in the end of the book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed. The third form of faith is actually what the I refer to as a trusting or a trustworthiness. And in other words, you begin to kind of believe in God and now you're doing these things and you begin to trust in him. So the Bible gives us different forms or different uh, references to this type of activity of where now your faith is put in trusting God. And God can also begin to trust you through this understanding of you uh, exemplifying or better said of you demonstrating your faith in him, even though it may not be in alignment with the most important form of faith, which I'm going to get to here in a few minutes. The fourth system or the fourth concept or the fourth way that the Bible describes faith is, is a, it's a system of doctrine familiar mostly with Christianity. And this is where uh, you'll get uh, uh, different understandings uh, from different sermons and and different uh, ways that people now are introduced to the concept of faith 
through different uh, teachings that we find in Christianity. And then through that, again, what you'll find is that faith is actually a doctrine that is taught to you, whether you're aware of it or not, through primarily through two mainstreams and a third, if you want to add that in here. The first one is through the, the indoctrination that you receive as a Christian through your church services, discipleship courses, or any connection that you have with, with any type of church or organization or any type of ministry. The second one that, of course, leads to the most important form of faith is when that type of faith inspires you to acquire another type of faith. And that is a faith system or a belief system that comes from the mind of God that is directly transferred to your mind through thoughts. And I'm going to go, of course, into that in the rest of this episode. So, but the, the other uh, form that you can actually gain your faith from, which is the third one, is, of course, to your understanding of the scripture. So as you begin to study and read the Bible and do different things you know, related to that practice, your faith is strengthened based off of certain verses. And this happened to King David and this happened to Paul and this happened to Moses. And, and so, you know, once again, these are forms of, of faith that are demonstrated through different ways that they're taught to us. So it strengthens or it broadens your concept or your belief of what the Bible refers to as this whole thing about faith. Now, let me get into, of course, the main topic of this discussion in this episode. And that is when you're experiencing faith directly from the mind of God. And where I'm going to actually take you to is actually Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Now, I've talked about this verse in numerous episodes. I have content, of course, regarding this and the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed in my third book in my three book series. But this is actually the most important form and most effective form of faith. Now, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 reads like this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, that word, word there is actually a, ref a reference to rhema. It's the utterance. It's the speaking of God. I've said this numerous times and I'll continue to say it. No human being can teach you about this kind of faith. Now, the other four forms of faith that I had mentioned earlier in the prior slide. Yes. Other human beings can teach you things related to that, those forms of faith. Some of it may be accurate. Some of it may not be accurate. But in this form of faith, only God can teach you. This, and it only comes to you hearing the voice of God within your mind concerning its topic and its substance. Now, let's go into, of course, you know me, I'm going to break down some verses based off of some definitive root word perspectives to give you a deeper understanding of what I refer to as a belief system or a faith that comes from hearing and that hearing through experiencing the rhema or the utterance or the speaking of God within your mind. Now, from the Greek perspective, the word faith in this key scripture is the word pistis. It is defined as the truthfulness of God and what persuades you. The Hebrew translation uh, for the word faith in this particular verse is the very important word in the Hebrew language. It's, it's emuna, and it is defined as what is sure and firm and what nourishes. 
it further describes what ultimately is supposed to do this type of sure and firm nourishing as this biblical concept of truth, which again, you've heard me say this numerous times as well, which is truth is the language of God. Now, for those of you who have read some of my material in my books, remember this, that this is the same type of faith that we saw in James, excuse me, in chapter three of my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, where in that book, I titled that chapter, Jesus's Education and Maturing Process, under the Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses one through five breakdown that I did in that chapter, where in verse four, God is described as a God of truth. You'll find us specifically in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4, where the Bible again describes God as a God of truth. When you break down or when you see that word truth there, truth normally in the Bible when it comes from God is the word emet, E-M-E-T. And it is defined as what nurtures an agreement or what nurtures a covenant between one party and another. I simply define it as original information that comes from the mind of God that is experienced within your mind that nurtures, that feeds the agreement that he has with you. And that agreement, of course, is because he created you. Then he is, for lack of a better expression, obligated to give you belief systems for your life concerning every aspect of your life. But our obligation has to be fulfilled first, and that is we have to learn how to hear the voice of God for our own lives. So when the Bible talks about faith comes by hearing and the hearing by the word of God, it comes through experiencing truth, which is the language of God. In other words, that is what persuades you, that is what nourishes you, nourishes you to believe in certain ways and to do certain things according to his will. Now, how do we experience this level of faith or truth in God? The answer is found in the word hearing in this key verse of Romans 10 and 17, which from its New Testament perspective is the word akor, and it simply is defined as to hear. Now, the Hebrew translation for that word hearing is defined as the word shama. And it is defined as to hear intelligently and a careful hearing that results in appropriate obedience or action. And of course, all of these definitions, I have these in my books, and I also give you the references where I get my knowledge from and all of the footnotes. So sometimes I'll include these in the slides and sometimes I won't, depending on how I, I produce these slides. So I apologize if you're used to getting these little references, but you can definitely find them in numerous posts that I post on my Facebook and my blog and my website. But of course, every single one of them are found in the footnotes that you'll find in my book series. I always share my knowledge. It's important that whenever you're studying some, from under somebody, whenever you're learning from somebody concerning spirituality, is that you find out where their source of knowledge comes from. And again, I give you all of that within the books. Now, from the ancient Hebraic perspective, to hear intelligently is not a reference to intellectual knowledge acquired through human instruction or studies. It is rather to experience hearing through the spiritual ears of the mind. We gain this through the process of meditation, which enables us to hear and learn from God. Such directed meditation results in acquiring spiritual intelligence that is persuade that, that is purposed to persuade us to do the will of God. Why do I mention meditation here? Because 
Remember, Jesus, morning by morning, Ephesians, excuse me, uh, Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5, talks about morning by morning, he went to go hear as the learned. That word here is the same word, Shema. So in other words, every morning that he was positioning himself to experience God within his mind by positioning himself in a meditative mindset to still his mind in order to experience the spirit of God within him as a father guiding and, of course, more, most importantly, as a teaching spirit, he was getting instruction as to what the will of God was for his particular day or for the present or future events regarding his life and ministry. And this, of course, is the same process that we should be experiencing concerning our life and service or ministry to the world. Now, this spiritual hearing, in order to acquire spiritual intelligence directly from the mind of God for your life, is portrayed in the following statement that Jesus made regarding where he got his faith and truth from. He said, I can do nothing of my own self as I hear or as I shema, I judge and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father that has sent me. So this is Jesus demonstrating where he got his faith from. Remember, morning by morning, in the beginning of his day, he would position himself in a meditative mindset. Go, he would go somewhere that was quiet and he would silence himself. And he would just go within his mind, once again, a process that we can experience as well, in order to get this level of what I refer to as spiritual intelligence from the intel agent of his life. And we all have one. And remember, I've always, you know, uh, humorously, but it's true. I tell people that God has the gift of gab, G-A-B. He loves to talk. He loves to pour out faith within our minds regarding, regarding belief system that he wants us to believe in, which the question is, are we positioning our minds? Have we trained our mind to experience the gift of gab of God? God is always talking. God will talk to you all day. You can have conversations with God all day when you understand, when you train your mind to discern the voice of God for your life through, once again, retraining your mind to experience what it was originally purposed or created to experience. And as always, I always say this as well, that the original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience his mind within it as a teaching spirit. So Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 specifically tells us about this process and where Jesus got these statements from, how he did nothing of this on his own, but how he heard. And this is how he heard, the, how he experienced the will of God for his life. This is where it reads, and once again, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, the Lord God has given me the tongue, that word tongue there, depending on the translation, is language, the language of the learned. And what is the language of God? Again, it's truth. It is to know, to help the weary with a word. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear. He goes that word Shema again, as the learned. Now, this is now my testimony as well. This is the reason why I meditate. This is the reason why I've learned to silence myself beginning in the beginning of my day in order to get the download from God of what he wants me to believe and what he wants me to do for that particular day, for that particular area of my life. Because I want to also, like Jesus, I want to acquire spiritual intelligence regarding his will from my life. And what you'll find is when you experience that is what you're getting are faith systems, belief systems from the mind of God that are transferred to your, through your, to your mind 
through when you're hearing his thoughts regarding them. And as always, remember, James talks about faith without works is dead. Normally, when God is giving you a faith or a belief system that he's teaching you within your mind, it'll almost always be accompanied by works, either mental works or physical works that he wants you to do or he wants you to believe in in order for that faith to be manifested through your life. Now, let's go into the Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 aspect of this episode. Now, this, of course, Ephesians chapter 4 is loaded with content that, of course, as always, I'm gonna, always going to let you know that in my books, I have tons of information regarding this. Again, uh, uh, primarily in the, my third book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, I have two chapters in there where I break down that entire chapter to show you the most effective form of five fold ministry when it comes to the human aspect of it and it comes to the fivefold ministry of Christ within your mind once you get to that level of experiencing the spirit of God within you as a teaching spirit now Ephesians 4 verse 13 talks about how till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God and unto a full grown some translations will say a perfect man Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There is a, this is, this verse right here is loaded with revelation. But really what this re reference or this biblical verse is referring to is you getting your faith from, eventually from the mind of God. So that you get it from the same source that Jesus, the human being, got his. This is why it talks about and of the, the knowledge of of the Son of God. You're acquiring knowledge from that experience, from that power within you. And in doing so, you become full-grown or mature or what the Bible refers to as a perfect man. And remember, when the Bible talks about perfect man, depending on where it's at in terms of proper context, it's not talking about the male gender. It's talking about the spirit man. So when your spirit man, in other words, your spirit is being educated by the Spirit of God, that's when you are being trained unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And why? Because Christ is doing the training. Christ is doing the teaching. It's the Spirit of God. In other words, the messianic function, that's the word Christ is talking about the Messiah, of course, and that's one of the functions of the Spirit of God. God is always trying to save you, primarily from ignorance, by the way. And when you experience that, that level of connectivity with God. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. He says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, right? So I've talked about this as well. And of course, the knowledge is in the books. And that is that when Jesus referred to that experience, he was referring to an experience that he himself as a human being was experiencing. In other words, he was being perfected or matured as a human being, as a male, as a man within his mind. And this is something, of course, that all females have access to experiencing as well. Now, I've already talked about the word truth here, but I wanted to uh, revisit Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4, because in this verse, and we find that the Bible describes God as a God of truth. Now, there you'll find the word truth defined as the word enuma. And it talk, it's actually faith. In other words, it's the faithfulness of God. So God is a God of faithfulness. He is a God of truth, right? So I'm going to try to uh, bring these two words here together in a moment here. But I want you to understand this, is that when you're experiencing truth for your life, from the mind of God within your mind, 
within that truth, within that hearing, within your mind, what you're going to be getting are, again, belief systems that God wants you to believe in concerning different aspects of your life. Now, when I began to experience this kind of truth is when I when I truly started to not just believe in God, but more importantly and impactfully, fully believe with God. In other words, prior to my experience of learning how to hear the voice of God from my own life, I was, of course, heavily indoctrinated in Christianity. And a lot of that was good. A lot of that helped me. You know, but those are the other four forms that I mentioned in the entry of this episode. But when I began to experience that fifth form of faith, in other words, hearing and hearing by the word of God within my mind, not only was I now believing in God, I was now taking my faith system or my faith experience and now believing with God. That's where part of this unity comes in. So I'm going to go ahead of myself a little bit. But going back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, there's actually a twofold experience to this. So when the fivefold ministry is teaching you how to hear the voice of God for your own life, which unfortunately a lot of ministers will not do and cannot do for different reasons and watch the video and read the content as to why that happens. The majority of indoctrinations that ha happens within uh, traditional church settings, and I'm of course not saying all because I haven't been in all places, but many of them I've been exposed to, they'll teach you how to experience their faith. In other words, their belief systems according to their knowledge and their experience with God. But they're not teaching you how to be unified in getting faith from the same source that Jesus got his, and that is from the mind of God. When that happens, and then the unity of faith happens, because now what happens is that experience gets transferred to you being unified with God, where now you're not just believing in God, but you're believing with God. Because again, he is teaching you how and what to believe that almost always will be coupled with mental or physical works in order to experience or to manifest that reality in your life. So the meaning of unity in this Ephesians 4 verse 13 is straightforward. It is the, the Greek word henotes and the word yakad in Hebrew. Both simply define unity as to be together and alike in agreement or oneness. Now from the Greek perspective, the word faith in this verse, again, is the same word that we saw in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It's the word pistis that is defined, again, as the truthfulness of God and what persuades you. Now, the Hebrew translation for this word faith, as we saw earlier in this particular verse, again, is the word imuna, which is defined as what is sure and firm and what nourishes. And why why does it describe as what is sure and firm? In other words, you can trust it. It's solid. It comes, it comes from God. And what the purpose of it is that it nurtures, or excuse me, it nourishes you. It nurtures you. It feeds you. In other words, when God is, when you're experiencing emuna, faith from God, he's feeding you with his will concerning, again, these different aspects of your life. And it further describes what ultimately is supposed to do this nourishing as, again, truth, which is the language of God. And again, something that we can only experience within our mind. Now, the very language of the ancient Hebrew reveals that this type of faith received directly from the Spirit of God is intrinsically linked to the Hebrew word emet, which I've been talking about also. 
in prior episodes, and of course, plenty of content within the books, which is the biblical word for truth, depending on where the word truth is found in the scriptures. And is truth is described in these places as the substance that is required to nurture, feed, and support a covenant or an agreement. So I'm not sure if you're catching all of this now, but the reality is as the word emmet for the word truth and the word enuma, which is the word for faith, but also is the word for truth when it comes from God now. So in other words, me teaching you something here is not really truth. It can only come from God. What I teach is people to, to, that will lead them to experience their own truth so they can experience their own imuna, in other words, faith systems from God. I never want you to believe that what I'm saying is true. I prefer that you get that knowledge from God himself concerning what I teach or anything else concerning the scriptures or concerning anything else related to his will for your life. Now, we find this reality embedded in two very important portions of scripture. We find this covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, and in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. And they both read like this. This is the covenant or agreement that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their inward parts and in their minds, I will write them. James chapter 1 verse 21 refers to this inner experience as experiencing the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. Now remember, we broke this down in the prior episode. That word, word there is the word logos. Every human being has a logos that is narrated or that is taught to you through a rhema experience. So when God is teaching you about his will for your life, that's your logos. But it's happening through the same source, through rhema, you hearing his voice within your mind. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 tells us the reason why the human form of the fivefold ministry should be teaching this to their members or to the congregation so that we no longer be infants tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine in the dishonesty of men, in the cunning craftiness to the wiles of deceit. Now, that verse right there, again, is loaded. Now, I won't go through that verse in detail. Of course, it's in the book, in the, in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed. But the, the reason why the human fivefold form of ministry is supposed to teach us how to experience a fivefold ministry of Christ within and again, uh, there's going to be a, an episode following this where I'm going to be breaking down that whole fivefold ministry process in, a, in, in the very near future. So be looking out for that. So because when you are being indoctrinated by the spirit of God within your mind, you're no longer an infant. You are now a full grown or a perfect human being. Now, perfect there is not a reference of flawless. Remember, the biblical understanding of the word perfect is one who is being matured by the Spirit of God. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus said, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, where is that heaven at? That heaven is within the kingdom of God, within your mind, the heavenly environment that the Bible describes. This is why Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When you're experiencing his righteousness, you're experiencing the right words for your life. And through this process, again, is when you're experiencing faith systems or belief systems directly from the mind of God that are experienced within your very own mind. And it is through this experience that now you will not 
no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And unfortunately, and I don't mind being blunt, this is the majority of what is happening in traditional Christianity is that one week you're being taught about this concept and this story and this and, and David did this and Moses did this and this is what God meant by this, you know, and that's being tossed and fro by every wind of doctrine. What really should be happening within the fivefold ministry or within church environments is that they should be teaching you one thing and one thing only, and that is to learn how to hear the voice of God for your own life. And that's it. There's nothing else that should be taught because it's once that happens or once that experience, then God becomes, the Spirit of God within you becomes your primary life instructor. It doesn't mean that they can't teach you something else that you can apply to your life that will help and improve your life, but the reality is a fivefold ministry are five functions that one human being can do. And if they do it right, they'll teach you how to experience the teacher within. More on that in a future episode. Otherwise, what you're being exposed to, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, is the dishonesty of men and cunning craftiness to the wiles of deceit. Now, this is referring to this whole concept of iniquity that I talked about before. My first book talks about the, the, the mystery of iniquity revealed. The wiles of deceit or the schemes of deceit that happen within much of Christianity is that you're being deceived. Now, and once again, they're not intentionally doing it. It's that they're not aware, they're not taking, taking you to a deeper level of understanding. But it's all based off of this whole thing that we call the devil and all that stuff. And I won't go into that now. Where if you're not being taught how to hear the voice of God for your own life in, your, in the ministry that you belong to, in the church that you belong to, then you're being exposed to, whether you're, you're aware of it or not, to the, what the Bible refers to as the wiles of deceit. Because you're being, your, your, your mind is being used for another purpose. Remember what iniquity is. It's the power that is within the loins of the mind and to use that power for vain or improper purposes. And what power is that definition referring to? Is access to the mind of God. So all if you're, all you're doing is being indoctrinated by this lesson this week and this lesson this week, you know, by your favorite preacher or teacher, then you, you know, once again, you're, they're using your mind whether you believe to, you know, to acquire it. Once again, information that may be good, that you can apply to your life. It may even help you, give you hope and all these other things. But eventually, again, this experience must be taken to another level. You're still being deceived because you're being limited to the teaching that you should be experiencing. And that is they should be teaching you how to seek first the kingdom of God that is within your mind. And it's through that process that you experience the righteousness or the right words through you having, hearing his thoughts and having conversations with God. Once you get to that level and you're meditating and you begin to experience the mind of God within your mind, this is what I experience almost every single day of my life. I'm having conversations with God concerning his will for my life. And that's for every aspect of my life. Now, the unity of faith that should be taught through the fivefold ministry. First, we should all be taught how to acquire God's faith, as I've been saying, for our own lives. And secondly, through this experience, we begin the journey to have our faith unified again with his faith. And that's when you're experiencing the mind of God on a for real basis. This is when God himself is teaching you how to believe and what to believe. Now, quickly, in my book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, in the appendix, I go through, again, I give you five different forms of faith and all the biblical examples, of, of or, or the majority of them, I should say, of uh, what they all are. 
Now, in the most important and effective form of faith, in the fifth one that I give you in the book, I give you eight verses that speak to this. And this, of course, is Romans chapter 7, 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which we've discussed already. And then Ephesians chapter 4. Remember, that's famous chapter, fivefold ministry, that there is only one faith. Now, why one faith? But yet the Bible talks about faith in five different ways. And the reason why is because those four are supposed to lead you to experience the one. So even though the Bible describes faith in five different forms, eventually you must get to the place where you experience one faith. And what is that one faith? In other words, you're, when you're getting belief systems from the mind of God within your mind. The third one here is when the Bible describes you in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, where it says that you're being nourished on the words of faith and sound doctrine. Traditionally, Christianity teaches, again, teaching you how to experience their doctrine, their faith system or belief systems. But really, this verse is actually speaking to the reality that you can, again, experience faith and sound doctrine through hearing the sound of God within your mind. That's what's firm or sound or solid. You can count on that level of faith being the real deal. And again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, this is again when we come into this whole concept of the unity uh, until we all attain the unity of faith. So just to revisit that thought, that when a fivefold ministry is teaching you how to hear the voice of God for your own life, then you're being eventually unified with, again, with the mind of God regarding his faith or his will for your life. Now, in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, this is the faith that Jesus is looking for on this earth when he returns. And that is this, is that he's looking to see if the faith that you have is the same type of faith that he was acquiring for his life as a human being. And that is, again, the will of God for your life, like he was experiencing the will or the faith of God for his life when he was on this earth. And Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 speaks about the same experience, that the righteous shall live by his faith or by his or her faith. And again, this is going back to what I was telling before. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then through that process, you will experience the righteousness of God. That's how we're supposed to live righteous, is by experiencing the mind of God within our mind concerning the belief systems that he wants us to experience. And this is where we live by his faith faith and live the righteous life that he would prefer that we live versus other forms or, or other wills that we've been exposed to, whether it be our own or somebody else's will. You know, I, I can honestly say that I was being indoctrinated by, you know, church in a heavy way, even though it improved my life. The reality was that I was living according to their righteousness, according to their faith or belief systems. And again, Nothing wrong with that because it definitely improved my life, but it still kept me from that level of teaching, still kept me from experiencing the unity of faith. In other words, when, I, when my mind was unified with God by being taught by it concerning what he wanted me to believe in and what he wanted me to walk out or to live out or manifest concerning, again, all these different aspects of my life. And this is what is portrayed in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 where it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, once again, this is, again, referring to getting a belief system from God. So when you walk by that, 
You're no longer walking according to your natural sight because you're getting the sight of God for your life. You're getting vision for your life concerning, again, every single aspect of it. And this is for your relationships. This is for your finances. This is for your health. This is, of course, more most important concerning your spirituality. But the reality is when you experience the Spirit of God within your mind as a teaching spirit, this is when you're truly walking by faith and not by sight. Prior to my experience of learning how to hear the voice of God from my own life through this mental discipline and practice of meditation, I was walking by the faith and sight of the denomination or the church organization that I used to belong to. And even though, again, you know, I, I got to repeat myself when I say this, and that is even though there was major improvements according to how I used to live and how I used to do life, the reality was there was still another level of faith, another level of sight that I needed to experience, and that was getting sight from God. In other words, seeing what the Bible talks about refers to as living your life according to the eyes of the Lord. Deep stuff, and we're going to talk about that, of course, in a future episode. Now, and this leads into 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. This is the true verse here that just messed me up when I understood the depth of it. It talks about test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Now, before I would test myself, of course I'm in the faith. I'm in the church. I'm doing all these things. I'm believing God. I'm reading my Bible. I'm studying the scriptures. Now, that was my level of testing. But the reality is that when I found out that there was another level of faith that I wasn't experiencing, and that was belief systems from the mind of God within my mind, that test failed. And this is where I had to, once again, learn how to teach and train my mind to meditate in order to hear the mind of God for every facet of my life. And it is through this system or through this way of learning that I began to not just discern what the voice of God was within my mind, but to learn. Remember, discernment should always lead to learn. So discern to learn, you know, for you know, a little rhyme there. But when you truly discern the voice of God for your life, what you're doing is you're positioning your mind to learn from God. This is why I talk about hearing and learning the voice of God. Many people hear the voice of God, but do we take that hearing to another level? Have we positioned our minds like in a school environment to learn from it? This is why silence within is required. This is why when you learn how to meditate to hear the voice of God for your own life, you're actually in an educative environment. That's what the kingdom of God within your mind is. It's the greatest educational environment that you have access to on this earth. And it's already inherently present within your mind. Now, let's ask ourselves, now that we've seen all of this, now, if faith, if I'm saying a faith is a belief system that comes from the hearing the voice of God within your mind for your life, then let's examine these questions. Where did Jesus get his faith from? We've already talked about it. He got it from the mind of God within his very own mind. Where did Paul eventually get his after his conversion? He got his faith prior to that, to the indoctrination of his whole rabbinic education. And we know that was out of order. But then when he began to learn to hear the voice of God for his own life after this whole Damascus experience, he was now getting his belief systems concerning what he was supposed to teach and write about and everything from the mind of God within his mind. Moses, same experience. Where did he get his knowledge from? Hearing the mind of God within his mind concerning what he was supposed to do. Noah uh, and everybody else pretty much mentioned in scripture, especially in Hebrews chapter 11. Where did they get theirs from? And by the way, speaking of Hebrews chapter 11, 
Again, I have knowledge of that concerning that um, in, in my books concerning that would be called the Hall of Faith, which you'll hear about, you know, uh, by faith, so-and-so did this, by faith, they did this. Well, where did they get their faith from? Again, they experience it within the, their minds through acquiring the thoughts of God within their mind concerning those activities for their life. Now, the question that we need to ask ourselves always, where is you, where are you getting your faith from? Now, in Hooters' particular case, as I've mentioned a couple times in this episode, I was getting my faith and belief systems from a couple of sources. Number one, I was getting through the church indoctrination. And number two, I was getting it from my own understanding concerning the study of the scriptures. You know, once again, nothing wrong with that is that the entry level was a portal and it served me well. But the reality is there was another level of learning that I had not experienced up until that point of my life. And that is when I began to experience now the script sure from my life. Sure spelled S-U-R-E. In other words, God's will, his book on my life as the Bible describes it. That's when I began to understand the story that he had written about my life. In other words, what the story is, every day when I position myself, I'm getting a page from that story. And through that, uh, hearing the voice of God from my life, I'll find and I'll experience faith systems like this morning. When I was, you know, meditating before uh, I'm doing this episode, you know, God just reminding you, make sure you mention these things. And these are things that I've already mentioned to you, of course, in this episode. But I'm getting a belief system or I, I received a belief system this morning concerning, you know, me creating this episode. And while I was creating this episode in terms of the slides and the content that I was going to put in it, this is God again, schooling me on what to put in it and how to convey it's reality. Now, again, I used to get my uh, faith from church indoctrination. Now I get it from being indoctrinated by the Spirit of God within me through experiencing the engrafted word. These are the laws already written within my heart and mind that I hear when I silence my mind to hear the mind of God concerning his will for my life. It is here that I experience faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. According to Romans chapter 10, verse 17, and where you also have the inherent right and ability to do so if you train your heart and mind to experience it. Now, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it enlightened you a little bit more concerning the biblical concept and topic of faith. But if you want to know more, I have tons of content regarding what I just shared with you and a lot deeper perspective, giving you against all the references and everything else and a lot more knowledge concerning its reality. You'll find that specifically in chapter eight called Vital Kingdom Concepts. And in that uh, chapter, I actually have some sub chapters or, or sub content in there to call what is truth and what is faith. And then it's all, there's also a sub chapter in there called knowledge understanding and wisdom and of the fear of the lord now in that chapter i give you the whole gamut or the full totality of how truth and faith are mingled together and how experience it is when you get knowledge and understanding concerning the wisdom and the fear of the lord it's a very deep chapter the fear of the Lord, you've heard me talk about that before. It's not about re reference to being afraid of God. It's a reference to reverencing God for every aspect of your life. And the most accurate form of reverence to God that God desires for all the reverence, reverence him by or through, I should say, 
is that when we're positioning our minds to learn from him directly. And in that same book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed in chapter 13, and that chapter is called the fivefold ministry. And then chapter 14, the human fivefold ministry versus the spirit fivefold ministry. And in those chapters, I give you definitive root word perspectives concerning what the apostle truly is and what the prophet truly is and what the evangelist truly is and what the pastor truly is, as well as the teacher. And how when you understand what they are versus uh, seeing them verse as functions is what the Bible really uh, is teaching what they are versus roles that humans take on. You'll see that one human being has a potential to function in all five capacities. And then what you experience when that happens is that you experience, again, the fivefold ministry of Christ. This is when God now shows up in your life as an apostle, as a prophet, as an evangelist, as a pastor and a teacher. Again, I'm going to be going into more of that in, uh, in the future episodes, so be looking out for that. So I and when you understand what the fivefold ministry really is in human form, you'll find that there were more fivefold ministers in the Old Testament than there are mentioned in the New. And I give you proof of that within the content of the book. So I hope that this episode enlightened you a little bit more concerning the concept of faith mentioned in the Bible. And as always, remember that the greatest learning and environment that you have access to on this earth is already inherently present within your mind. And with that environment comes the greatest teacher that you'll ever experience on this earth. And that is the Spirit of God himself. So until the next episode, stay blessed. And as always, I wish you nothing but peace in every facet of your life. And lastly, do me a favor. If this episode was a blessing to you, do me a favor and please share it with someone. And that way they can also, you know, learn from this experience and begin to think about, you know, whether or not their, their level or their experience of faith needs an upgrade. So stay blessed. Mm -hmm.